Okay, guys, please help me welcome my very first guest, Eric Winter, actor and producer. You may know him from starring opposite Katherine Heigl in The Ugly Truth or shows like Rosewood, Secrets and Lies, Witches of East End, Brothers and Sisters, and now a brand new show, The Rookie. So let's hang out with Eric. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, we go way very back. Very first guest, I know. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> well, we go back a long time in my coaching career and you coming to me and you actually you came to me right from getting off your soap opera. So tell everybody, tell you know, talk to people about the obstacles, how you started, how you parlayed yourself from soap opera life into series regular life, film life. Okay. Well, you know, that that road's been a long one and it's 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 a journey. This this business is always <laughs> notorious for being that, you know, you can't uh, can't expect it to be a sprint, although it can be sometimes, but you you just you got to ride the wave. Um I, yeah, I was fortunate enough to do a soap, and a lot of actors do, and a lot mm-hmm. of actors can jump directly from a soap right into series or right into a, you know, a film career. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on your look, your type, who you are, and, and how that all sort of translates itself into network television, cable TV, mm-hmm. or, or feature film. And for me, I, you know, I was lucky to get a few guest stars out the gate, which was nice to get my feet wet after, after the soap. And you were on the soap for like, what, 10 years? No, no, just no. three years. I just oh, did one years. contract on a soap, okay. so which, was, okay. which is the shortest you can really do. Um, okay. So you didn't, get, you didn't get stuck in that no, genre. No, and, and it's, it's an easy genre to get you know, sucked into because it's a great living. It's, it's fun. You have great hours. You make good money. And, you know, it's, it's not a bad gig at all. You shoot in L.A. and it's, it's wonderful for that. Um, but it is a great training ground, I will say, um, for the technical aspects mm-hmm. of, of acting and um, learning lines right away and knowing your stuff. But you know, transitioning out was was uh, it was a road trying mm-hmm. to prove myself in rooms that I'm not just a soap actor. I'm not, and that, it sounds like a bad thing to say, but people don't realize so many so many actors come from soaps, I and mean, they get such Oscar great training. Winning, you know, Academy Award winning actors and actresses, Julianne Moore, and you know. List goes on. The guy I'm working with in my new project, Nathan Fillion, came from the soap world. Yeah, um, Josh Duhamel. I mean, there's tons. And why do you think world. they get labeled like, "Oh, you're just a soap opera uh, uh, actor"? You know what I, I mean? I think it just people uh, tend to put a label on. They, they associate you with all the actors that have done soaps for years and years and years. And there's nothing wrong with those actors. And a lot of those actors are very talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know they compare the quality of writing in a soap and soaps. It's not for the lack of trying to write well. It's they're turning out scripts every single right. day. And so you and the actors on the soaps have to learn lines you know, on a new, you know, a new episode every single day. So every you're just day. not able to take your time. Whereas if you're doing a massive feature, it's going to take you three months, four months, six months to go shoot. You're shooting a scene a day sometimes, two scenes max. Mm-hmm. We shoot thirty a day in a soap. So mm-hmm. it's a big, you know, you're, it's, it's a big quantity deal. versus quality. Exactly. Um, but on that journey, yeah, you know, I, I was fortunate if I said to get a few guest stars and I got my first break on a, uh, a pilot called Viva Laughlin that Hugh Jackman was producing for CBS. And I remember. It was one of the happiest moments of my life getting that <laughs> shot and then it went to series. And then I learned really quickly that things get canceled and it was canceled in two episodes. <laughs> so so um, how do you rise up? So it's an obstacle because your heart, you get so elevated as an actor, you're booking something and you're feeling like you're achieving and then crush and then you have to wake up and do it again yeah. and start all over again the business is weird it's 
it's a bit like a drug in that sense, you know, like you get the highest highs and the lowest lows. It, it, it's those moments, or you could say like maybe a ni- nicer analogy would be like golf. <laughs> Golf's one of the most difficult sports in the world. You get one good shot in golf and you want to come back in golf. Addiction. You get one <laughs> job, one role, and you want to go try again. So for every, you know, thousand no's, you get that one that just gets you so jazzed. But, you know, you're human too. And even the, the joy of that success, but then when the show gets canceled or you don't get that part, your heart sinks a little bit and you have to rise it back up. So what do you do? What do you exercise? Do you get your thoughts in the right yeah. place? What do you do? No, I, I, I exercise. I have to. I, I dove into other aspects of the business like producing and I've been able to be fortunate uh, I've been fortunate enough to be successful in that a little bit um, and selling some shows and, and it took my mind off of the need or the, the heavy want every time you walk into a room. And that I think is a big thing to do your work, be prepared and be able to release and let go and trust that if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Um, it would have other sources of financial security that, that And for you. me, it was even creative because producing the financial gains don't come until you get a show on the air. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of sweat equity. But it was just creatively stimulating and it kept me very busy. Um, and it became passionate, you know, something I was passionate about. So it allowed me to take my mind and not just focus on acting, mm-hmm. which is a good thing in the sense that every time the more you want something, the, the faster it seems to run away from you. So when you can balance that and just <laughs> so sort true. of carry that love for something but understand its place and then balance your energies into something else, I think that really helped me a lot mm-hmm. understand the process mm-hmm. and appreciate it a little more. You still hate it. Like You hate getting <laughs> said no to it. It's not fun. It sucks. But you have to psychologically, mentally rise up again. And yeah. that's what this is all you about. You have to. So even, did you ever go through, and I'm sure you did, like all actors do, they go through that cycle that all of a sudden you're booking a lot and you're doing the same thing, but then you're off your cycle and that neediness kicks in. But what did you do to adjust that, to change that cycle? I I would say kind of what I explained is what really adjusted that cycle for me because I, I went through a moment of coming off the soap and just trying to get little jobs here and there. Then when I got my first pilot, things just went on a roll and I, I had you know two big films and I was meeting with heads of multiple networks offering me potential deals and I was walking away from deals so I don't want to be tied to a network and I was being offered tests and offered jobs and then all of a sudden a couple things didn't land a couple things didn't hit a couple things didn't come through and I was back grinding and grinding and grinding and that's sort of when I started to expand my talents, whatever it was, mm-hmm. whether it's producing or writing or mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy. And mm-hmm. sometimes you got to do other things for work because you got to mm-hmm. make money. So um, you got to go do that and do it and do whatever can also make you happy on the side while still doing something you, you love to do. A lot of people do talk about that side job and there's so many great things for actors to do on the side. Um, can we talk about the job you just got? Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Now, you guys don't know this, but I've worked with Eric for a long time, and I'm just going to brag about him by saying that he is one of the most dedicated actors I've ever worked with in learning the role and layering the, the text, making it his own. And this particular role that he just got was really transformative. And my heart, I, I actually want to cry of happiness because it feels so good when you are passionate, which I am about coaching actors and developing the life of the character. And when the 
actor like Eric did transformed himself. So tell us about The Rookie. Yeah, this, this job was, a, was a, a gift for me. And whether I would have, you know, win or lose, it was going to be a moment that was um, a very powerful one for me. Thank God I won. It makes it that much better. <laughs> um, but I've only had two moments like this, I would say, in my life. Even with big movies, the two biggest moments were, uh, just to backtrack a little, was Viva La Hava, my first pilot, because I was testing by myself in front of Hugh Jackman. And I'll never forget being told in the room by all the creatives, all the executives, all the studio network, and Hugh Jackman running up and hugging me and saying, you got this job, oh. and I could have done it better myself. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. Like, this just happened. Incredible. And this was another one of those moments. I was being put against uh, a wall of being judged, and that I this is not a role that's on the page, something that pops off as me physically. Um, a lot of the things I've done are romantic leads, um, you know, romantic comedies. I've done some good drama and I've done some tough characters, but not something quite like this. Mm -hmm. So I was really back against the wall and people doubting me. And whatever that was, that can either close you down and kill you or it can make you stronger. And in this case, it really fueled me in a really strong way, more than I've ever so, you know, been on a job. Maybe because I knew a lot of the creative people involved and I took it very personal. Mm -hmm. um, so in that case of taking it personal, you didn't sink. Yeah, I rose up. You actually up. Yeah. rose up. And it was... But it was, what did you have to do psychologically to rise up? Did you have to go deeper in your... I had to go deeper and had to allow myself to, to express everything I was feeling. So mm -hmm. instead of closing all those emotions off, I had to harness it and use it. And that was something that... Um, it's just not easy to do. And I don't think I've ever quite... I've never done that in the past. Like, and that was that was the best part about this job is it showed me that I can do that really, you know, when I want. And I've done it on other roles. I've played, you know, great, um, deep, and thought out characters. But for this particular one, I I had a moment, you know, and and you had to enter that room differently. And what the audience doesn't know, which I'm going to explain to you, that it's really hard for actors when you walk into a room and you know every single person in there, and you want to be charming and hug them and kiss them and hey and hang out but this time tell us because you did not do that yeah I, I had to literally you know walk in as a character as the character I thought this guy was and I was not friendly I was not kind and I knew everybody in the room that wanted to hug me and wanted to say hi and I basically ignored him and I didn't treat him very well um and <laughs> how'd that feel <laughs> and it was funny because at the end of the day when I finished the scenes and and I got one piece of direction on another scene that I had to be emotional in and I, I guess, you know, it was it was all the preparation and all the hard work and all the practice and everything else, but just the weight on my shoulders mm -hmm. opened me up in a way I had never had in a room. And when I left the room and finished and I kind of just walked out on my own terms, they all came charging after me to hug me and tell me how if I see if I see if I was oh okay. Incredible. <laughs> because it, it it I transformed myself so much that it freaked them out. Um and I was thankfully, so you know, the journey goes from a, from an audition to a test, and you have to be able to do that all over again with even more pressure on your shoulders because now you're going to get the job or you're not. And what did you do with that pressure on your shoulders? How did you make it work for yourself? What give some advice to the you know creatives out there that are listening to you? You, I personally, the way I do things is I, I got very closed off that day, and I. I was listening to music that inspired me, that brought me to certain places. I would um, personalize things, um, you know, find images in my head that would keep me in that zone, whether it was 
anger, frustration, whether it was sadness, you know, whatever it was in that moment. And I really had to focus on it for hours. For I mean, the to character. the point for the character the to character. an unfair extent because they, even their test was running an hour and a half behind. Mm-hmm. And you want to go in there and be ready, and you're sitting in a room with other actors for an hour and a half. And to not break that concentration is exhausting. Exhausting. And, um, you know, I was able to. But empowering because you when you when you get done life. and you do it, it's very empowering. Yes. You know, you know that you carried it through. So, it was it was that it was a moment where I, you know, we were just saying another actor of the room knew me from something else and wanted to say hi and wanted to talk and I was a bit of a jerk to him and it's not my nature. I, I couldn't really engage with the person. It was this was too important to me. And um, while you want to make things important to you, you don't want to make it everything in your life to where it will crush you because then if, it, if it's everything in your life and it doesn't go your way you're just you're devastated and you're ruined um and i've been there in that position yeah. i knew i just had to stay focused and and keep the priority and, and that's what it was it was just like, a, med- like a meditative any, state in a way so you didn't let any of that little bit of insecurity you know come through of them thinking that you couldn't do it you just were so focused on letting them know that you could yeah, and any thoughts of them thinking I couldn't do it, I just channeled and funneled into anger, which I needed for the role. Interesting. You know, I just had, you had to, I, I, related, I relate acting a lot to sports in a lot of ways. Um, I agree. Because I grew up with playing sports my whole life is, you know, you look at pros or they're like, they tune the media out, they stay off social media, they stay out of the press, they don't pay attention to what people are saying because that will rattle you and you have to just stay in your zone and do you. On your Do game. what you do and, you know, perform on game day and show up. And you're going to hit all these obstacles, and all you can do is the best you can, and everybody makes mistakes. But that mindset and is everything. Yeah, you got to go in there ready to win the Super Bowl. Incredible. So if you were to tell the listeners out there one thing that you do or advice to them about being courteously aggressive, what would it be? Mm. Be, I think you got you know, courteous. Is a, is, a, is a great word. Better than being nice, better than being, you know, be courteous, be kind in a way that you're, you know, use your manners, be, be a decent person. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I probably don't do well, at least I get told, is I, I tend to be an open book and I tend to be very kind and nice to people all the time. <laughs> and I get reprimanded by my management and my agent saying, you know, create more of a facade. Don't show your colors. Don't mm-hmm. be everything you are in every room that they just think that's you all the time have a mystery about yourself Mm -hmm. I don't do that very well (laughs) my advice would probably be to most people have more of a mystery about yourself you know go in the room and make people wonder what's behind that you know face what's behind that that persona but I mean an aggressive in the way of pursuing their career when they have the ups and the downs when the the door's not opening not to sink so what would you say I mean aggressive in the sense that you charge forward and you keep fighting, you keep working hard. And in this business, you only can be as aggressive as for what you can control. Mm-hmm. You can't control everything in this business. It's the worst business for that ever. Nothing, A, does not get you to B. It just doesn't, you know? Or I, let's say A doesn't get you to Z. Like you're going to be up and down through every letter and backwards and forward. And, so there's no path. So in that sense, be aggressive and focused and do everything you can do to the best of your ability and believe in yourself. And believe in yourself, but but don't be so aggressive that it's overpowering or or that's why I add know, the word in, in courteous. people's face. Courteously aggressive. Yeah. So people understand how to 
believe in themselves more than anything and and let the people's energy just roll off your shoulder and mm-hmm. not stab you in the heart. As much as you can. It's really yes, easier said than done. It's so much easier said than done. It is there is nothing worse than spending your week learning 13 pages of sides to go into an audition and have them say thank you with no notes and never hear back and throw those pages away and be And like, then what do you do? What does Eric Winter do when that happens? Depends on how bad I want the job. If something I really wanted, I get depressed for a little while. I bounce back. I have I have kids now. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, distractions, distraction, distraction. You know, um, I will say that's one thing that the soap I'm very grateful for is it gave me a bank account that I could feel comfortable on. And when you have at least a nest egg that you don't have to, I didn't spend all my money. Then you, it takes a load of pressure off you that okay. I didn't get this job. I'm not going to, I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, you just got to put your head down, take your moment. Everybody's allowed to go through a, you know, a sad, depressed moment for a time and then you got to jump back up. Thank you so much, Eric Winter. Do we want to give a shout out to your beautiful wife? Sure, why not? <laughs> Roslyn Sanchez, I love you. There's my shout-out. I shout love you out. too, Roslyn. <laughs> There's my shout-out. She's a big supporter. She works hard too. She does work so hard too, and you have a beautiful family now too. Thank, Thank you, you so much for hanging out. Thank you for and, having me. Guest um, number one. Guest number one. Kick it off. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a great, great, courteously aggressive week ahead. Hey.